for joining us today we have a, a really fun insightful informal it's a little bit different than our usual podcast it's totally different it's not instructional nor is it an interview but it sort of is both <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it because i was gonna just do a point counterpoint with you and be like actually i find this to be a very highly instructional episode with all kinds of little tidbits of wisdom and insight and guidance. But you know what? Really what it is, is a curated collection of insight, clarity, Mm -hmm. and wisdom. We highly encourage you, if you have not listened to episode 111, which is our conversation with Rob Gothier, it's titled E.T. Whispering with Rob Gothier. You need to listen to that episode before you listen to this episode. It's really important because Rob is a trans channeler. We have a whole conversation with Rob. And what we're sharing with you today is a curated collection of sessions with Rob. Some sessions were with Treb and um, some were with Aradif. And so we've gathered together these beautiful um, highlights, you know, kind of a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And on today's episode, this is all about Melissa. And there is some amazing, incredible, really transcendent, applicable to so many people. It's not just specific. I mean, some of it's specific to you. But if for me, I'm listening to your sessions, and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, that is so Mm -hmm. amazing. First of all, when we had Rob on, we had every intention of setting time aside for him to channel Aradif. Right. And that did not happen because we were on the phone with him for three hours. And we just ran out of time and it just did not happen. So we have all of this archived wealth of material. Yes. Um, so we got really excited about the idea of, of just taking from what we already have because, and I know we touched on this a little bit in our episode with Rob that on his YouTube channel, he has people's sessions on there. I mean, you can listen to my whole session with Treb. If anybody wants to, I'll throw the link up there. Please um, do. And I listened to it. This was like in 2016. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I was just such a baby back then. It's so sweet. No, but I really do. I kind of listened to that and I'm like, who was that? <laughs> who was that person who's talking about all these struggles that she was having? Like, I barely even remember it. But... Part of that is that I was able to transcend those struggles through the wisdom that I gained. Anytime Treb and Aradif are talking, the answers are so expansive. 
a million more questions develop as you explore the energy and the concepts that are discussed. It's densely packed information. Multidimensional. Multilayered. And you're going to hear it the first time and take that in and interpret that. And then you're going to go back and you listen to it again and again. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know I caught that the first time I listened to this. Mm-hmm. Like, I sure as hell didn't hear it when I'm talking to him, even though I'm, like, going with it and you're intuitively getting mm-hmm. what is being but conveyed. But you can only hear it from the level that you're at, right? Exactly. You can only hear it. And as you progress along your path and you go back and listen to it and you've had more experience and epiphanies and you've made more connections, then you hear new things. Exactly. Which also, you know, we won't go down this rabbit hole, but it speaks volumes about your perspective and your perception shaping your reality. I love the fact that we did this because I love that everyone got to meet and spend so much time with Rob. And now you get to hear the completely different energies of Treb and then RDF. And so, you know, as we talked about in that episode, and then even further back when we talked about just exploring what it means to be um, a channeler and to channel, Rob is a trans channeler. And therefore, his consciousness steps aside in a way that he is completely embodied with whomever he is channeling. And so you're going to get to hear the differences in the just the voices of Trav and Aradif, but really you're going to feel their the differences in their energy and and how that we definitely feel that when we're talking to them. And so if you were to ever and Rob has those videos up on his YouTube channel, when you watch him channel, he completely physically changes as well. I mean, just everything about him. And it's it's quite a profound experience. And when you're in it, you feel the authenticity mm-hmm. and the utmost highest integrity mm-hmm. of, of what you're receiving. And these sessions are taken from a multitude of sessions over a two-year time period. Okay, so... We hope you guys are going to enjoy this curated episode of Melissa's Sessions with Treb and Ardiff. First, most pressing question that I had for Treb was more information about my star family and galactic origins. Um, being a star seed, always having awareness that I was not from the earth, even though I feel very connected to the earth, I always just knew and I wasn't really given a lot of information specifically about that concept. And I didn't really have a lot of UFO experiences or anything when I was younger, like a lot of people do and a lot of people talk about that I was aware of. I did start having 
at a pretty young age, spontaneous astral projections that happened all of the time. And through some of those experiences and through the dream state, I knew that the majority of the beings that I was interacting with were extraterrestrials. I had information about living lives on other planets. I knew that I was not on Earth, although I did have memories of having other lives on Earth. Very vivid memories of some lifetimes. So I really just wanted to know some real concrete details. Like I need, like I wanted to have a conversation with someone that had a higher perspective that could give me some, some details about where I came from and how I got here. Which is a question we all have, (laughs) you know, so why wouldn't we be asking that question? (laughs) So Treb gave me this beautiful answer. I wasn't expecting it to be quite as thorough. Um, Yeah, well, you guys can listen. Yes, there are many energies that are connected to yours, both in this moment and before this incarnation. In the concept of what a star seed is, this means that you have broken from another incarnation cycle to join the Earth cycle. And in that concept, this does not wholly fit, as you have had many different Earth incarnations, but it is more so like a shared incarnation cycle, one in which you connect to the concept of both Earth incarnation cycle and other. And in the other, the cycle that we perceive you from is Pleiadian by nature, and although there is Pleiadian consciousness that runs through you and connects to you, although you have come from the cycle of the Pleiadian origin, it is not what you would call a fixed incarnation cycle. Let us use, for example, the average entity that is either shared incarnation or perceived, as you would say, a starseed comes from one planetary consciousness, and from that incarnation cycle, they join the Earth incarnation cycle for one to multiple lives in order to help integrate energies. But your own other incarnation cycle comes more so from the Pleiadian collective consciousness. Now, when we express the word Pleiadian, This is what is called a blanket term that covers tens of thousands of different kinds of entities that live in the area that humanity would call the Pleiades. And in that region, within the 10,000 star systems, or the 10,000 races within the star systems, there are many different humanoid entities that connect with humanity, that send love and energy. And from all of these, there are seven different races within the Pleiadian Collective Consciousness that you have took in turn, incarnating in, sharing energy. And what this does for your own sake is bring both the insight of Pleiadian culture, the insight of Pleiadian energy, and the transmutation of energy into the Earth collective consciousness. Now, with that being said, there are a great deal of Earth incarnations that you have also had, and this brings us forward to what you would perceive as your galactic family. In this concept, there are many different races that interacted with you throughout your Pleiadian 
Pleiadian incarnations of the seven different Pleiadian races, but within that concept there are also lineages that are connected to you as you are a human from Earth, and in that concept there are over 11 different races that connected to you explicitly and um, specifically as you are on Earth and incarnating. Out of the 11 races, there are four consciousnesses that you would know, that you would know when you hear the name of this, that is aware in the human collective consciousness. Not only Pleiadian consciousness, as this goes without saying, but the mm -hmm. four other races are Syrian by nature, Andromedan by nature, and also uh, Cassiopeian by nature. And in that concept with those three, you feel a connection, but the fourth consciousness is what what you would call Elohim by nature. So in that concept, there are five different races, four that are different from the Pleiadian version. And in that connections within your Earth connection, it carries lineage for your own self. The majority of humans perceive consciousnesses that are from another planetary consciousness to be extraterrestrial by nature, but some of the Syrian energies and some of the Elohim energies, or what is perceived to be Elohim energy, are connected to what we would call a future version of Earth consciousness. So in fact, they are not extraterrestrial by nature, they are more so extra-dimensional and yes. extra-linear time and nature. So all of these connections you share and you feel, and that is why your consciousness is so connected to those concepts. When you incarnated into the Earth Collective Consciousness, there was a built-in internal understanding and knowing, not only of your capability and possibility of vibration that you can have upon the Earth Collective, but also understanding and knowing your galactic consciousness that is connected with you. So in that essence, you were feeling much as a fourth density or fifth density being, living in a third density environment, a highly polarized um, environment, and in that concept, discomfort comes, a feeling of not connecting or fitting directly inward comes, but through that deeper understanding of yourself, that earth consciousness connects to you very well. Now, what's really funny, what I said at the end of that was, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got that completely. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that clarity. That's <laughs> such a joke. Although I did feel it. You do feel sense. it. Right. And it, and you listen to it and I can, you know, I remember the first time you shared it with me and I, I felt, I felt like I knew it. And yet, as I was also <laughs> kind of standing outside of myself listening to it, I'm like, oh my God, especially just now, it's just like. That's a lot to unpack. I've listened to that a lot of times, and um, I gain new awarenesses, but also I do hear different things. Like, you know, what I picked up on is the Pleiades has tens of thousands of races. I mean, that was mind-blowing just learning that. And that's just the Pleiades. And that's just one star system. One. And then... Who are the Cassiopeians? 
Who's talking about the Cassiopeians? Not, I not don't very, know anything about the Cassiopeians, but I do recognize the star system. Mm-hmm. Right. He has the vantage of getting to see your Akash. Yeah. In a I way know. that is not visible to us from this perspective. I you know? know, we're all striving for that. And that's why utilizing people who do this kind of work is really helpful. It's very beneficial for, I can speak definitely from my perspective, is it filled in a lot of the puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. A puzzle is not done. It's not going to be done, but Mm -hmm. I get a better, more clear picture. And I remember listening to this and being like, wow, the part that, I mean, we're not talking about that I think people are going to really be like, okay, what the fuck did he just, what, what, what is the future version of yourself? Who are the Elohim? You know, what is this? What is this? Who is this? And it's a part of me, right? Many people who were raised religiously with the Bible, they'll know, know, you know what that is, that term, Elohim energy. Also, it kind of goes hand in hand with perceived angelic energy, Um, future versions of humanity coming back in time to the earth it's kind of like the terminator it's kind of like interstellar it's interstellar it's going back and trying to re-engineer something you know (laughs) yeah we got to do it right we're trying to save ourselves really wow Mm -hmm. to me it asked more questions or I have more questions than from the answer than I ever had to begin with (laughs) And so I got to ask Ardiff, what is a shared incarnation cycle? What does that mean? And this is the answer that Ardiff gave me from a little bit higher vantage point. Yes, as you are experiencing that concept of shared incarnation, what we mean and what treble yitney would mean within this can be one of two different things. First, A shared incarnation can be incarnation where two separate entities from the same oversoul exist, where they co-create from, where they can express themselves through separate energies of one timeline, one period and one constructive energy moving forward towards similar purposes or the same purpose in one incarnation. The second definition that we would use this word expressively in is that when you are going into an incarnation, you are utilizing parts of your consciousness that are much higher than the average human consciousness does. In those circumstances, this means you would break apart your own consciousness and take from the lower fractal consciousness of that bigger energy, place yourself in either one, two, or several incarnations. This is often occurring with entities who are large in area that come from other star systems who co-create an experience within the Earth Collective and then they will go as one person, several animals and perhaps even elemental beings. Others would go in as two or three human consciousnesses. Others would go within their own experience, but also allowing certain varieties of animals or even break apart within one physical body, multiple consciousnesses. So in that idea, those who you understand have schizophrenia or multiple personality disorders would go through an experience 
with literally different identities within the same body, and that is the account of that consciousness both dividing itself but also coming into a shared incarnation with multiple other varieties of its own self. I think that it's insightful that this concept, you know, people are listening to this and they're hearing this and maybe they're hearing it for the first time. But I thought that Aradif did an excellent job of trying to explain that, especially when you're a star seed and you're coming from a, this is how I interpreted that, once you have a larger expansive, you know, being that why wouldn't you have multiple shared incarnational experiences? Right. To me, that's efficient. You know, there's some kind of efficiency to that. <sighs> right. And yet, it I hadn't can really also, thought about it that way. It that's... could also be very confusing to people who don't have any context for it. You know, just like you mm -hmm. talked about. Like, could you, like, boy, that's, that's really laying something out there when it comes to dealing with how we as a society have dealt with schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, these things that, that Ardiff is referencing, you know? I mean, yeah, For you can real. break it down into the mechanics. I know you're going to be able to tell me that this and this and this and this is what and happens. And the brain is doing this right. and that and whatever. And yet, where does this really come from? We know so very little we mm -hmm. like to think we know a lot and yeah. we know nothing. Well, what we about see is the clinical, totality. the clinical expression, right. but not what's really going on in spirit. But the soul wanting to mm -hmm. come in as different expressions in one body. How fascinating well, and that you could be, would that be? You're like Tony Wonder. You're here, you're over there, you're everywhere, you know, like as far as being incarnated um maybe you have a shared incarnation with your with your your family your cat your dog i mean where right i mean you know what it's doing is it's really re solidifying the concept that we are all one i mean you literally mm -hmm. could be interacting with another version of your own consciousness of your own self so right what better reason to treat everybody like they are you like we are all one well, exactly, because that's really where we're all needing to be, you know, getting there together because we are. I mean, it, it, this... it takes sort of the abstractness out of it when mm -hmm. you really realize it could actually be you. Right. And on some higher level it is because we all come from the same source, but it literally mm -hmm. could be you. Right. Another incarnation of you. Right. From the same consciousness. From the same consciousness. Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that question because I think a lot of people actually, we know just percentage-wise, and this is going to come up again, but I'm going to go ahead and put it in here now because I think understanding, according to Ardiff, and this is something that I'll, I'll include when we're doing my episode of my curated sessions, but Ardiff very explicitly gives out numbers of percentages that 74% of the population right now on the planet earth are earth seeds, 26%. And he's very explicit about this, not just saying star seeds, but star seeds and shared incarnational experiences. So that tells you something right there right. when you think about, well, what I, I didn't really extrapolate in that question at the, in the moment. So I find that very fascinating.
That's a lot of people, man. That's just out of 26% of 7.83 billion people. I know. I mean, not not every starseed is aware of the fact that they are starseed, but a lot of them are. Right. Even if they don't have that terminology, there's a feeling of being um, just wired differently. Mm-hmm. You know, or as Trev says, not fitting directly inward. Yes, <laughs> into the earth. Into the earth. <laughs> Collective consciousness. You know, you're not local. <laughs> yes. You know, there's a part of that. Yes. Okay. The next question that I have on here is: I asked Treb because I had had the perception that maybe I've run into another fractal, what I was, I was calling it a fractal, the version of my own consciousness. And so this is the answer that he gave for that. In this concept, there are many different ways to explain this. What we perceive is fractal of your own consciousness, and this is represented by two specific animal consciousnesses that have connected to you within your lifetime. Uh, one of them is only for a short minute or a short while mm-hmm. or a standard of time, the other being with you for longer periods. In that concept, these entities are what we would call direct fractal consciousnesses of your own self coming into the earth system, having a larger amount of consciousness than is average for human. There is a fractalization that occurs so that these entities can show into your life at the exact time needed so you can reflect upon a bigger picture of this incarnation, but there is also what we would call um, versions of your own consciousness, which in normality would appear to be future or past versions of yourself, but what many humans are not uh, truly grasping in the concept is that future and past versions of yourself can also appear in the now moment, so it is more as a parallel version of yourself, and in that concept we see that there are four entities that you have physically connected with. So in the answer, in a more simple way, it is yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Four versions, four entities. That I have physically encountered, connected with with in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Well, what did you think about that when you heard that? Well, I know who the animals are, and I, you know, if if there are any animal lovers out there and anyone that feels that special, that extra special connection, and I'm not saying this is the case in all cases, but I'm telling you, I knew exactly what animals um, he was referring to, and they saved my life, you know? Yes. And... Uh, yeah, so thinking about it in that way makes it even more special. Here again is another, we don't need to have reasons why we feel the connections we feel. It's just, there is another layer of like feeling reassured in some way of the significance of these relationships that mm-hmm. we can feel. Maybe there is something more to that. 
and it transcends species. I asked Arda for some more clarification, and this is the, the clarification that I got from Arda. Yes, of course. When you are looking at your own consciousness, as you understand, you are a small part of a larger consciousness. All human beings in this moment are. But most human beings have one part of themselves that is approximately 80% of the entire entity that they are. That means 20% of that entity is down inside of your body living your day-to-day -day experience. For those who come in, as you express from Pleiadian concepts or incarnation cycles that are not of Earth-making, will come into this incarnation cycle as a human being. And as they do, they are only utilizing, let us say, perhaps 5% of themselves or 3% of themselves. That means the rest of what they are is so much larger than what other humans are because there is more consciousness. Now, when that occurs, because you are a new being to this system, because you are not new in that fashion, but newer than the rest of the humans around you, you also need other guides, you also need other entities who understand from that spirit level your experience. And in that essence, will give you counterparts in order for you to receive the greatest ability to find your path. You are not used to forgetting that you are a part of the Creator Consciousness. You are not used to forgetting what you are in a larger sense. So due to that fact, in guidance and in accordance with your higher self, it will create and incarnate other pieces of your higher self into physical structure. When Treble Yitney is speaking of that appearing both in your past and probable future parts of your reality in the structure where you are flowing from your own energy what he means is that you will come into contact with animals or even other entities that are a part of your own oversoul but more specifically a part of your higher self that came into physical reality into a brand new body and were created just for the purpose of interacting with you it is still a part of your consciousness, it is still a part of your higher self, but it is breaking down into a part that is tangible and usable for you, for your own purpose. This does not occur the same with most humans. When another human needs another guide or an entity to come into their experience, they co-create it with one another. They say, I am my own entity and my higher self is there to help me stay in contact, but you are your own self, and you have the higher self, but the higher self is so much larger than the average human consciousness carries that it can create other beings from just that higher self instead of working with another entity that is completely different from them. We would use the word separate, but as you understand, even all of the different entities upon this earth collective are not separate. They are not apart from one another. There are many star seeds upon the Earth Collective consciousness in this moment, or entities that are not from the Earth Collective, but from those entities, they are usually utilizing separate entities altogether, such as those that would break themselves into two or three parts before entering the Earth Collective, then 
having each one of those entities singularly going into the Earth Collective as perhaps a family of starseeds or perhaps a group of friends that are starseeds. In your own occasion, you come in wholly and then break yourself down after incarnating. And that is what Treble Yitney was meaning when he is expressing the difference in your incarnation and your shared incarnation cycle. Well, wow. Um, okay. So, families of starseeds. Mm -hmm. Does that feel like anybody out there? I mean, come on. Like, yeah, we're going to agree we're all going to incarnate together. Or we're going to separate out. I'm of going the one. to. I'm going to separate. I'm going <laughs> to make my gonna... own little family on earth. Just spread myself around like glitter. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. a confetti bomb. And, yeah. Wow. All versions of you having different experiences and different bodies and <laughs> different genders. And, wow. How amazing is that? It's incredible. Once again... It's the efficiency of really exploring so much in a simultaneous fashion. You know what I mean? Right. It's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Cryon would say, what an elegant, benevolent system. Mm -hmm. You know? I know. That makes me feel held in love knowing that that i i don't have to do everything myself that there is but you are doing a, it but on a higher level there is a part level. of me that's always looking out for right. me and, right. and and i know that i mean we talk about your higher self but it was hearing it presented from that perspective it really really took that from a, a little bit more of an abstract concept into a more tangible concept for me we don't get to always see our, our higher selves or we don't get to see our higher selves usually. And, and thinking about my higher self being in an animal that I got to touch and love and hug and who loved me back is incredible. Because mm -hmm. it's just all you loving you. I know. Okay, so... I asked Aradif when I first showed up in the Earth Collective Consciousness. Uh, Treb had made mention that I'd had multiple Earth incarnations, which I knew. I really just wanted some specifics. I wanted some. I wanted to be able to to conceptualize like a time period or a time frame um, when I first uh, appeared here. Yes, when you are looking linearly, approximately 15,300 years in your linear past is where the first marking and the first entry of the incarnation cycle started. Going into your last, meaning the one incarnation before this physical incarnation, is actually what we would call one that is similar or perhaps semi-simultaneous in nature, although you are experiencing certain energies of overlap, you are still connecting to that energy. And what we mean by this is the entity that was 
your previous incarnation had years overlapping from your birth time. And what we mean specifically is 1943 is the beginning of the incarnation cycle of that entity. That energy dying three years previous to your now time existed simultaneously with you upon earth from your birth time until those three years ago. Now if you are looking at one that was a separate engagement, meaning not within the same timelines and not within this specific life, then you are looking back into your late 1800 region. Wow. I know y'all are going to be like, why didn't you ask? Like, where was this person? What was their name? Because basically you had another incarnational self on the planet. like My entire life. For, right. Until 2014. Right. This is someone that we could look up. That we you could investigate. Could verify. Yes. And there is nothing more exciting than to being on the trail of proving that this was a real person. It's like I've gone through this before. And it is the most gratifying experience of knowing that you have all of this information or you've got some clues or you got this or you got that. And then when you find that person and you know that they had this life and that they really were physically here it's incredible yes okay i think marilyn mentioned in our episode with rob about how once we had connected with treb and aridif that we were both having dreams with them in it so uh, I had a very vivid dream where Ardiff and I were walking and talking, and I was walking. He was sort of floating behind me. I didn't get to see his his feet, which I'm sure I would think are adorable, you know, even though Rob thinks they're weird. I was telling him that I wanted more information about another lifetime, a specific lifetime on Earth, and he was showing me... Uh, he kind of like waved his hand and, and showed me this entire lifetime in this area. I could see it. It was very deserty. In my mind, it looked like Egypt or Samaria or something like that. And so I asked him for some further clarification on that. The incarnation that was specifically being shown was not one of Egypt or Sumeria. It was one that was one between that region. When you look at Sumeria, you look around the area that you would call Turkey, Iran, Iraq, within that area. But we were much further south and we were west of that area. So now where you would call the modern area that is west of the area that you would call Egypt is approximately within that region where you were in that lifetime. This was not the Egyptian culture, but it was a culture that had origins from that specific region. After breaking off for several hundred years, they created their own. That lifetime was the last cycle of those entities. In that incarnation, you learn a great deal about the history of those entities, the history of the predecessors that were Egyptian by nature. But we are not speaking of the Egyptian 
that all of the human collective consciousness perceives are ancient Egyptians, but the original ancient Egyptians, much before these entities. And after spreading off, there was a great deal of both spiritual and metaphysical teachings that were carried, both working through sound vibration and also working with light, utilizing that knowledge that a new society was created. But within that 300-year period that occurred, the cataclysm of death of all of those entities occurred, you were in that lifetime to be one of the last people there to learn not only the most that that group could learn, but also the entirety of the history before. So that incarnation was one of that human and earth incarnations that you hold so deeply and that is why it gives you that affection or that affinity towards those who are in that ancient Egyptian energy and those who are within that area of the world. I feel like we need to bring Graham Hancock in on this one. <laughs> For real. Well, that just makes me think about that. I know from other information we've received, like we know that really ancient civilizations, let's go to Lemurians, Atlanteans, these, these that predate when we're having these other civilizations come up, you know, after the fall, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yet we're still, there's still that old knowledge of utilizing sound, mm -hmm. light, mm -hmm. and how this, knowledge has been maintained from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, and also just the concept of people specifically, I mean, I'm sure I, I'm not the only one, you know, that incarnated just to keep the memory of that exactly. culture alive, to keep I, it inside of you somewhere, that knowing, mm -hmm. to put it in your kosh, so that you can bring it forward in other incarnations. It's beautiful. Well, it's like, a lot, it's, it's keeping continuity. It's like how people just intuitively know things. You're mm -hmm. just tapped into, you know, it's like we, everybody kind of comes in with a certain skill set of things that they have learned that you have a natural proclivity towards for right. whatever reason. And this is a huge chunk of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it comes from other incarnations and what you've learned. So, wow. Well, I'm glad you, you did ask that. And I'm glad he, I mean, I could listen to him expound probably, you know, a lot longer and more details because once again, there's just more questions mm -hmm. of, of filling that in. But keep in mind, as with all things, this earth and people living and civilizations rising and falling have been going on a lot longer than what recorded history allows. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and we know that that's not true or accurate. I mean, just based on archaeological discoveries alone. And yet, once again, what, what the system continues to do time and again is to ignore oral stories and histories of indigenous people who know their fucking stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need you to validate what I know to be true. Right. And, and then you have, just cause it doesn't line up with right. what people think is scientifically quote unquote possible. 
Or, or being able to somehow, yeah, validate that by what? In a fucking vacuum? Right. <laughs> no, it doesn't uh, work like that, you know? And, yeah. and then you're going to discover something else. So right. we know the archaeological record keeps getting pushed back further and further and further and further. Well, I mean, and we've talked about this in other episodes. The archaeological record displays that. It's right in everybody's face. Ask Graham Hancock. Exactly. It's in their face, and they still don't want to because they'd have to go, they'd have to basically throw everything away they would have to acknowledge that pretty much everything we know is wrong it's built on misinformation because you had a little bit of information that right. was probably right and extrapolated but the bigger picture was completely ignored well and once again who is who's out there in the field doing that you know those are like the dominant settler conquer people that are writing what they believe to be is the true and accurate story of this is the way it is. And that's just a bunch of bullshit because it's not true, you know? So uh, that was just really, I I, I dug that, you know? I asked Treb a question. Um, I was adopted, both Marilyn and I were adopted. And uh, for as long as I can remember, and for no reason that was apparent to me until I was much, 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 much older, I always felt very connected to my biological father and quite indifferent to my biological mother. So I asked Treb if he could offer a little more clarity about why I felt so connected to my biological father and not my mother. When you are looking at this concept, um, the average human, when they are connecting to consciousness into a physical body, are usually at or around the time of the physical birth. Some choose to venture their consciousness to connect with the physical body in utero several months before, some even time after the physical birth. So in that consciousness, it goes to a place where intentionally understood that there was a great probability of the adoption process and the energy behind it. The reason there is a disconnect with the concept of the mother is uh, somewhat obvious to you within your conscious mind and subconscious mm. mind. There is a great energy differential between the two of you vibrationally, mentally and emotionally. And as you are seeing the connection with the father, although it does not seem logical at all times, there is a great deal of experiences that both of you have shared in timelines that are considered past in your linear state. There are many human incarnations that you shared with your biological father in your earth experiences, and in that concept it grew a great kinship, and because that entity was your physical and biological father, the mother is one consciousness that you did not connect to before. So it almost was the thought process that because I wish to stay connected physically and biological to this entity, I must accept whatever feminine counterpart that he chooses to have birth with or children with so that you may connect to that. Um, what I'm hearing from that is sometimes people are just people. Sometimes you just need a uterus. <laughs> Sometimes you just need somebody with the right <laughs> sperm, right? Like sometimes 
I mean, everybody's somebody, but there are degrees of that somebody, right? right. Like <laughs> your dad and you, your biological father. I wanted so badly to be connected with him. I know. And now you know why. It's because you've lived other lives together. There's a deep kinship, probably good friends, helping each other out. I'll come in, I'll give you my DNA. And, For real? And I'll, because it's important. What an angel. And I'm going to well, get I mean, involved the... with somebody just in order to be able for this to happen and you to come in here and do what you need to do, you know? And for anybody out there listening who is adopted. Or I'm, has given a baby up for adoption. Right. I mean, there's lots of layers as with all things here on this planet. And it's, we both have asked this question about that. And this shirks, I know just from being close with Melissa and knowing her perception of that and how we both have had interesting perspectives on our adoption and our biological families and to hear that and to have that validated in such a way, once again, mm-hmm. It helps. It's really nice. I know I felt happy just for you to have that information, you know? Yes. Right. Like everything else, there's infinite possibilities of how that co-creation can can work out. And yeah, sometimes people are just people. Sometimes they're just DNA. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't get any need to get any more complicated than that. And we want because we do, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm like that. I'm looking for meaning. Mm-hmm. I, I see it everywhere. You mean to tell me my biological mother was just basically some DNA in a uterus and that's it. And I don't have any soul connection with this person. Oh, OK. And yet we co-created an experience exactly. that both of us have gotten to explore in this lifetime. Right. On a soul level of what you know? that, right, totally. So we created an experience, even mm. though we didn't have other lifetime experiences or apparently anything in common emotionally, <laughs> energetically, other physically, than that, Other than that, it was just close, so it's fine. <laughs> other than that. <laughs> um yeah so uh i thought that was very insightful very interesting agreed the next series of questions and i know that this is not everybody's experience but most of my information that i have about myself comes to me through the dream state Uh, My dream life is so active and always has been to the point where I have been able to map out, well, this was another incarnation. Um, This is me on a ship. This is me in a galactic classroom. So a few years ago, actually, this had just happened right before we had this session. I was going through a heightened dream state period where I was having a lot of vivid experiences. It was a a point of great expansion for me. Uh, One of those times where everything just opens up and and it, it feels like there's just a lot of information coming through. And I had a dream of another lifetime. I knew it was another lifetime where I was on a ship 
and I was getting telepathic messages from a being in the Andromeda galaxy sending coordinates for me to come and meet them. And I went through the whole traveling there. It was a long time. It took a while. Um, We dock, we get there. This individual comes out. Uh, He's got a white, he's taller than me, humanoid looking, has a white uh, kind of like, uh, I'm going to say off-white. An off-white. I'm setting the scene. An ecru. An An ivory. An off-white. It's kind of like a turtleneck. And some slim pants. All the same color with like a cape. Like a Mm. white. (laughs) Let me tell you. Everybody else in the galaxy knows the importance of wearing a cape. And we need to catch up. (laughs) Well, people used to wear capes here. And then it's been forgotten. So we need to bring it back. Bring My back mom always wanted to wear a cape. She always did wear she a did cape. She did wear a cape. She had the little capelets. <laughs> I know. The little short anyway, capes. Anyway, this was not a hooded cape, nor did it have a collar. That it was literally just tied around here mm-hmm. or fastened somehow. Mm-hmm. He had dark hair. More like Lando Calrissian uh, cape. Yeah, kind of like that mm-hmm. So he comes out, we meet, it was a very formal exchange. Diplomatic formal. Very diplomatic formal exchange. Uh, We're walking down this very sci-fi looking (laughs) corridor. You are on a starship. (laughs) Yes. And we go into this other room and he touches me, turns me around. There's a glass panel. And as he shows me the glass panel, all of a sudden we turn into two very small extraterrestrial-looking beings, grayish-brownish in color, maybe three feet tall, and that's pushing it. Very dark, burlap-sack-looking clothing. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. Minimalist. Think when she first described <laughs> this to me, all I could think about was this was from the wardrobe collection of Dobby. <laughs> This is from the House Elf Collection. Yes. So I'm looking at him mostly. I don't really, I w- don't really remember. Except Did for you just, throw a sock just, on just, it? Just glancing, stop. Just glancing at my reflection, but I was really focused in on him. And I recognized him right away and I yelled out, Nishani, Nishani, oh my God, it's you, Nishani. Oh my God, it's you. And right at that moment, I'm pulled, sucked out of the dream state, just heartbroken. Like I had been reunited with my very best friend in the entire world and then had them taken away Mm -hmm. from me. It's like I came out of having amnesia for a second to just only... A moment of lucidity. Yeah. But I still remember, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad. But it's also awesome. And, you know, I know we talked about that a little bit in our conversation with Jeremy. Is it worse to not know or is it worse to know and have that longing? It's really the age-old question, is it better to love and have lost (laughs) than to never love at all? I mean, really, it can all become down to that. Oh, 
Nishani. And and the fascinating thing, and getting back to our conversation with Jeremy Garner, which is funny, and we were talking about words and meanings. And so I was like, Nishani. I knew it was spelled N-I-S-H-A-N-I, Nishani, Nishani. And I looked it up, just Googled it, and it means a treasure, a remembering. (laughs) You cannot make that shit up. So I, of course had questions and Treb was happy to answer them yes this is one concept that is very connected to Pleiadian consciousness and then incarnation as Pleiadian consciousness when you are looking at a sixth density version of your Pleiadian incarnation that you received you were able to connect and co-create consciousness with Andromedans. It is not frequent that entities within the Milky Way galaxy co-create with other consciousnesses of galactic nature. Um, For instance, everything that can be experienced within this galaxy can be experienced here without needing to go outside of the galaxy. But in this specific incident, in this specific incarnation, you are co-creating and connecting with an Andromedan race. And this entity that you recognized is one in which you grew a great deal of love and connection for, one in which you incarnated exclusively for meeting this consciousness and co-creating with him and as you were co-creating in that existence there was a great deal of healing that occurred from Andromedan consciousness to the galactic Milky Way consciousness those two energies has had difficulties before previously before the area of time that you would call the Orion Wars. There was a great deal of distance and mistrust between a large amount of entities in this galaxy and then Andromedan galaxy. So in that consciousness as both of you co-created and took what you had learned from one another to your own races and showed them as well as the traveling in itself, the meeting of neighbors within that galactic consciousness, you came to grow an understanding that the vibration of Andromedan galaxy and Milky Way galaxy have synced more so, that the overall themes are becoming closer in energy, and that is why when you experience the physical nature of both galaxies, you see that there is the high probability of both galaxies combining into one galaxy, because the experience has paralleled so closely They are now joining an energetic connection, and a great deal of the understanding of their joining came from your own race and the Andromedan race that you are speaking of in that incarnation. Um, How did you feel when you heard that? Well, I knew it all in my heart anyway. I knew it all because I experienced it in the dream state, so that energetically was still with me. Mm -hmm. But I guess what I thought was interesting, and and maybe just from my own perspective and my own like ponderings throughout my lifetime, I thought it was interesting him pointing out that I incarnated specifically to to connect with that being, and that soul contracts are real 
and people, you know, like we, we hear about it from all these different angles, from all this higher dimensional channel of information. We know that we have soul contracts with people, but thinking about incarnating specifically to co-create something, to do something specifically with one person is, it's really fascinating and it's, it's beautiful and and who knew that the Milky Way galaxy and Andromeda galaxy were having some East Coast, West Coast. Everything goes back to the Orion War. <laughs> I don't know how many times we have to talk about this. <laughs> and that is going to have to be in a whole other episode. <laughs> it's, you know, we get a chuckle over that, but the, uh, that shit was real. And we have no clue, you know, and how much we've all held on to that. And how it's influenced. It's like, definitely something that every, Nora, Nora Harold. Yeah, Nora talks about it. talk about a yeah. lot. Nora and the the peas are not the only one talking about that. That's mm-hmm. another one of those. I, I have to say, when I first heard of that concept, and this was years ago, mm-hmm. years and years and years ago, I totally, I got to say, I didn't quite resonate with that. And yet what I've learned... And what I have come to know is that, yeah, that's, that's real deal. And lots of various points of channeled information. I'll talk about it. And of course, why wouldn't be, we be walking around with some of that like insane, intense residual, like you're it's talking like about the OG wounds, right? The exactly. OG, like taking it back. Cause you know, we think in the earth collective that we have all of these earth specific, uh, you know, traumas to transmute, but you're talking about galactic traumas to transmute right. that we're, we're all a, a part of well, because and I we can... all come from the same source. Right. i'm like if we don't lose so many listeners over this either we're gonna gain a bunch of new ones or we're gonna lose the ones that we had they're gonna be like y'all are crazy (laughs) it was all fine and good until they started talking about the orion wars it's all fine until they started telling us who they really were (laughs) basically a dobby in space (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't get away from Harry Potter. Nor should you try. <laughs> okay, the next question that I had was about a dream that I had where it felt like I was inside of the earth and I was at a, um, it was like a meeting where there were tree beings that were walking around. They weren't big like ants from lord of the rings they were human sized beings six feet tall like trees and they were walking and talking and so i asked aradif if this was a metaphor for something or some layer that i was putting on this or if this was real like if there really were tree beings and this was his fascinating answer and I'd like to just say that I almost got a tiny, teeny, tiny chuckle, if we can call it that, out of Aradif. It's about as close to a chuckle as you're going to get from (laughs) Aradif. And it was awesome. It made me laugh. 
within your own dream state, personally, <laughs> it is metaphorically, but you are tapping into a representation of an entire different race that exists within the Earth collective consciousness's memory. Now, when you are looking at that dream specifically, that is metaphorical to those that are both deeply embedded in nature, but also elemental in nature. Now, we understand you do not perceive those trees as elemental beings themselves, but they are representations of all of those elemental energies that do co-create with one another. In your dream state, the representation of those trees are not only from that inner earth feeling, but also the connection to those entities that would be expressed as sprites and fairies and all of those entities that work specifically with second density beings. Those entities are connecting with you in your dream state and you symbolize your co-creation of those entities through those tree people. Now, when you match that energy as you look at other dreams that you have co-created with, ones and where you carry slight memory to no memory about walking into great fields of trees where they are perhaps, as you would see it, 50 or 60 times larger than any of the trees that you have seen upon your planet. This is something that represents those tree entities symbolically. And to us, we see that irony within that, that a walking tree that is bipedal by nature does not represent the walking tree, but a tree <laughs> in our own perspective does. And we see this to be very ironic and funny. In that concept, what we do understand is those tree entities are representations of entities that have come to Earth well before mankind existed, well before even those that you call Atlanteans, Numerians, and Conqui existed upon your Earth collective. They came into the Earth collective for one small time and shared a great deal of energy with the Earth collective. That is why many of your plant life entities take their shape of those beings. Energetically, they put their own consciousness so deeply into the crystalline forms deep within the geological places of your earth that it's stuck there vibrationally, has embedded. So in one way, your earth collective consciousness is deeply connected to those that are bipedal plant entities. Wow. How cool is that? I remember hearing that the first time. And of course, it just felt like a validation that we all intuitively feel to be true, right? Well, I think of trees as beings. Of course. Same. I think of them as their own unique beings and consciousness. Of course, it makes me just happy to know even if, if I representing them as trees it makes me happy to know that I'm always working with the fairy beings well I was just about to say yeah it's just another In further the dream state right so. and how they're presenting that mm -hmm. right yeah. that connection the next question that I had was about uh, Melchizedek and the Melchizedek energy in this dream Melchizedek was relaying information through light, through these very specific undulating waves of light, rays of light to me. And so I asked Aradif about the Melchizedek energy and 
what it meant to the Earth Collective and to me. Yes, of course. The energy that you are speaking of is one that is co-created with Earth Collective since the very beginning of the Earth incarnation cycle, even back to those that are Konki. This energy is what most humans would call a collective consciousness. From that collective consciousness, these entities work on every level of communication, but the majority of their energy is utilized in both light, in sound, and through geometry. So working from those three standpoints majoritively, they co-create with the Earth Collective Consciousness. And as you are part of that Earth Collective Consciousness in this moment, shared incarnation or not, you are still working from that Earth and human perspective. Because of your own energy and because of your own openness and large percentage of higher fractalized consciousness, and higher energy in volume inside of your higher fractalized consciousness, you have been able to utilize a majority of that energy much more. So once again, as in all things that we've expressed in this evening, dealing with your dream state, you are bringing that into your dream state. You are utilizing both in your third layer of dream state, but also occasionally in your first layer of dream state the highest vibration energy from that co-creation. Now, there are physical manifestations of these beings that do occur within the Earth Collective at periods or times within your Earth Collective. Some have come as those that you would perceive as ascended masters. Some have come as those that you would consider to be extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional in nature. Either way, all of these entities represent a physical embodiment of what energetically the created, co-created and collective consciousness desire to share. Through those teachings of light, through the teachings of sound and also geometry, they have been able to utilize their own vibrational sense of giving to the Earth Collective. And what we mean by giving is not that they are taking away something of themselves in order to give it to you so that you may be more whole. They are working with your state of being, allowing yourself to first open and secondly to accept all of the energy that is possible to integrate both as an Earth Collective consciousness but also non-physical soul essences. As a human consciousness, you had expressed previously that sometimes it is hard to see the bigger picture from the smaller place of view. But even if you look at our own race, the highest portion of consciousness available before entering the non-physical, we are still only able to perceive a very small part of the entire universal collective consciousness. Yes, our race has expanded beyond this galaxy, seeing several thousands of other galaxies. But as you are aware, there are several trillions of galaxies just within your localized galaxy group. This means that we have seen much less than a fractional percentage of what is able to be seen within the galactic consciousness overall, expanding out into the universal. So in that essence, although you perceive that limited vibrational view. These entities have allowed 
the expanded portion of consciousness to come from you utilizing all of you, from you utilizing the devious nature of those three majoritively expressive concepts that will give you the tools to open your energy that much more. I feel like I just went into a trance. I'm wondering where I am right now. The last time I listened to this part of your recording with Ardiff and he goes down this Melchizedek, you know, basically he's identifying it as a collective consciousness. Yes, that's been working with the earth well, for, since before any, there were any, any beings Any beings here, which here. I think is really interesting when you juxtapose it because most people... The majority of people, if they've heard of Melchizedek, it's because they've heard of him in the Bible. He is the high priest mm -hmm. in Genesis that apparently, you know, he's the one that gives the robes of Adam to Abraham. He's only, he's very mysterious in the Bible. He's very mysterious but when you think, in general. Right, but he is the priest for all and he is the highest of the high and he like... He he. Sometimes he gets thrown in as an as an archangel. Sometimes he gets mm -hmm. thrown in as massive avatar ascended master right. consciousness. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Melchizedek mm -hmm. energy, and typically associated with sacred geometry, and yet for Ardiff to explain it in this way, it just makes sense. In some ways, Melchizedek is an is an archetypal character mm -hmm. as far as how we perceive that being to be mm -hmm. okay and yet when he's explaining that it's this collective consciousness mm -hmm. that has had this intimate in-depth intertwined relationship with the earth's collective consciousness he's talking about the non-physical essence of mm -hmm. this which is why it's so readily available to all of us right you know yeah i mean which is probably why it has a similar feel as an archangel mm -hmm. type consciousness, right? Right. Um, or a, a Christ-like consciousness where it feels like it is an essence that is available to all of us if you, you know, to call upon, to work with that energy, the energy of mm -hmm. that being. Now, I know you're gonna edit this out, but I feel like our listeners we owe it to them to tell them how actually Melchizedek presented himself to you because this is gold. It's pure gold. Melchizedek, I won't go into all the details. It was a very long and involved dream, but the, the high point is, is that Melchizedek presented himself as Danny DeVito Circa Matilda. Okay. But he had light beams radiating mm -hmm. from his face and he was staring at me and I was literally just centimeters away from his face and his eyes were staring at me and he was just beaming all of these light codes into me and the light was in a complete circle beaming out I think it's brilliant that Melchizedek presented himself as Danny DeVito because you're not going to look away from that. You needed to be like so drawn in that you were going to get those light codes that he had to be Danny DeVito. 
circa Matilda. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, if I really was going to be drawn in, it could have been like Ed Norton or... That would have been a different kind of dream for you. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Don't even just stop because you needed to be so arrested in the moment of just being completely connected. And I think we do that. Who knows? We don't know. Well, he was so unsuspecting. Exactly. I was interacting with him first. Exactly. That's right. And then Then he revealed himself. He revealed himself. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. But it was very memorable. That's for sure. I'll never forget it. In fact, I have done a rendition through a meme form of this. Um, What I thought was really fascinating, though, about this dream is that to me, as my personality self, I really hadn't had much of an interest. I know Aradif is saying you were seeking this out is basically he's exhausted by going over these dreams. And I'm like, why are all these people coming to me in my dreams? And he's like, it's you, you're doing this once again, you are, we like to think this. that things are happening to right. us, right? And not me, having it feels like that having the responsibility of being like, Oh, no, actually, I'm creating this. He's like, you're doing this, you're going out and seeking the these connections. But to me, as Melissa, I hadn't really thought very much about Melchizedek. I mean, he pops up in a little tarot deck every once in a while or in some oracle cards or whatnot or in a, in a meditation. Lest here and anyone there. forget, you actually have two pictures of Melchizedek I got now for you. Now I do. One for the desk okay. and one. And honestly, he kind of does look like Danny DeVito. He does if you really look at him. <laughs> You know, yes. minus the white hair and beard. <laughs> There's a similarity in the face. Yeah, there is. I know. There is, really. I know. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love that Ardiff also threw on the end his perspective about how as massively high dimensional as he is, high as you can be before you decide not to have a physical body anymore and he still has only seen a fraction of a percent of the universe that is mind-blowing these are absolute gems just tucked within these answers Mm -hmm. that i love i know i absolutely love because they're densely packed zip files and so sweet to just and so encouraging always patient when i was telling Ardiff about this dream i was expressing my frustration about feeling like you only bring back such a small part of something through the dream state and me knowing that that gnawing feeling of like all this other stuff happened and it was so important but I don't really I don't see the bigger picture and so he was so sweet to put his own two cents Mm -hmm. in there about how he doesn't even see the bigger bigger biggest picture it's just loving and 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 beautiful reassurance I know that even though I'm a six density being I I don't see it all Mm mm-hmm yeah. You know, because as we've discussed before, 
it's really not until you're ready to make that leap into those higher densities and dimensions of existence that are non-physical that we even begin to get remotely close to any resemblance of omnipotence meaning of 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 knowing and seeing all of it right it's my white whale (laughs) omnipotence you know it is Always looking for it. Okay. The next question that I asked was, I was discussing with Treb um, feeling a little homesick for my star family and then feeling a little resistance within myself or a little bit of judgment or criticism of myself for feeling like that. And uh, Treb gave such a beautiful answer. And I think that there's so many star seeds on the planet that I think everyone can benefit from hearing this answer. Yes, let us share with you that this is a very common concept with those who either come from a starseed situation or ones who come from shared lineages. And the greatest concept that we can share with you is that above and beyond its normality, the concept of not allowing yourself to beat upon yourself for feeling any way is of the utmost importance and that when you feel and connect to that idea, allow yourself the feeling, allow yourself that energy wave that comes within you. It will always allow you, instead of the judgment yourself, the releasing of judgment will always allow you to have a greater perspective when that cycle is done, when the energy comes through its own cycle. This is truly how the universe works within large and small cycles. So in that moment, remind yourself it is okay to feel this way. And this is the part of the cycle in which I do experience that feeling. And this feeling in the moment will help me grow and know more when it comes to my other portion of the cycle. And this in itself can give you a great relief or release upon that concept but when you are in that moment when it is often difficult to find inspiration when it is difficult to find of the power within you to let go of that try to remind yourself that when you start feeling the overwhelmed to grab something that is symbolic by nature perhaps a ring or something with an infinity signal that will remind you about the cycles that you experience and the visual um, cue to your mind will truly help that set in much more there aren't even words within me to state how helpful that was to me and how um, having such a concrete and tangible instructions or a suggestion for something to do had really um, helped me and not as a starseed but just hearing him speaking about how the we know that the universe works in cycles but hearing him describe it in that way of having that extraordinary appreciation for the cycle because you know that if you're in that part of the cycle it's only going to catapult you to a higher 
more expanded place when you get through it and the suggestion of the infinity sign or symbol which you would get got me an infinity bracelet which was mm-hmm. awesome and i have utilized that so many times um to remind myself of that and I would strongly recommend that for any of you who feel connected with that concept just from hearing that. It was incredible. Well, I think you can extrapolate that on out to any aspect of when we're on our spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And it's that period of internal reflection and where we are kind of testing ourselves about Mm -hmm. what do we really believe about wherever we are in that moment. Dark night of the soul. Where right, you're you're in the underworld, mm-hmm. and it is such a simple exercise that travels out, and yet so powerful and profound. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know, it's not everybody's symbol to focus on the infinity sign, and yet it is the perfect representation. Yes. Because you're traveling through, yeah, that 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 center point before you're being catapulted we're back out. Come back. So exactly, it's the perfect. It is perfect in every way. Mm. And yeah, I hadn't really worked with the infinity symbol so much. You know, when we were making grids or just mm-hmm. doing sacred geometry, and yet it is the perfect symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just to symbolize the cycles of the universe, the waves, the ebbs Mm -hmm. and flows, always pulling us back into the center, and that center point is divine neutrality. Exactly. You know, it's where we're all striving to be or to hold on to for Mm -hmm. longer periods of time Mm -hmm. or embody for longer periods Mm -hmm. of time. Okay, well, lastly, I asked Treb about the nature of my relationship with Marilyn. <laughs> we have known, I have gotten lots of information in the dream state about various and sundry points in time. I know that we've had so many other incarnations. I actually have memories of discussing with her my desire to incarnate as a human. So having all of this, I really, of course, wanted some more details about um, the nature of our relationship. And uh, this is the answer that Trev gave. Yes, first of all, let us share with you the dynamic that you are experiencing. When you look at your partner, what you see is someone who has shared a great deal of energy and incarnations with you, and this is very true, but perhaps there are some small misconceptions about how that is shared. When you are looking at this entity, what you are receiving is... uh, a typical energy of a star seed, which is yourself, and then a typical energy of an earth seed, which is her. This earth seed energy is one that is 
perhaps as most humans would perceive above and beyond the amount of lives in which their incarnation takes them to a place of the greatest growth and spiritual development so what you have is yourself who has come in and out of the earth experience to her which has been entirely into the earth experience mastering that concept um, there is not many more incarnations that she could have to complete that third fourth density cycle of earth experience so you have a truly mastered earth experiencer or an earth seed with one who is coming in and out of that incarnation cycle which gives you a very great balance this energy of hers is very comfortable with earth experiences in general and knows well how to fit in with many of those so in those moments of discomfort there is a reflection of her energy back to you that makes you feel safe and connected in that concept the reason why you feel there are great lineages that both of you share is because there is. In some of the incarnations that she has had in previous times in linearly the past, she has been able to experience channeling, she has been able to experience being uh, what you would call a spiritual teacher or a shaman. And in Many of those lifetimes she is connected to Pleiadian energy, she is connected to Octarian energy and Andromedan energy and Elohim energy. And in many of her lifetimes she physically experienced beings that connected to the Earth consciousness. So throughout the entirety of her history she is connected to exterior consciousnesses and has many of those guides still with her. So in that essence both of you you are both of the earth and the ethereal nature and both of you share that great connection with one another but something that we must express is that throughout your journey together we would say that more than 45% of all the incarnations that you have had on earth that we are able to perceive are shared with her in your reality so we count uh, multiple dozens of incarnations where both of you have shared time both of you have shared energy, love, and connection. And in many of the lives that both of you have shared, you have grown spiritually full. You have connected to consciousnesses within your oversoul, whether they were the lifetimes that you knew they were extraterrestrial in nature or not. You still grew into them, connected with them, commuted with them. So in that aspect and concept, you have both been brought in into this life with one another yet again to reflect balance to one another, but also to reflect a growth and growing of both of your energies so that you may share with the collective consciousness around you. Aww. That still makes my heart so full and happy hearing that. Because I know the truth of it. Of course. Well... I loved hearing that and having all of that validation again, you know. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm i glad you shared that. It's yeah. just a little bit more insight. That's beautiful. It's like, you know, when people ask us, and I know that we stated it, I think, in our very first episode mm -hmm. we ever recorded, you know, we felt it was important to share who we are mm -hmm. with people. And with all of you who are listening, 
because it just provides more context. Mm -hmm. And the aspects of the security that you feel with somebody when you know, like, I've, uh, honey, (laughs) we've been around and around and around and around and around. Mm -hmm. And I never take that for granted. I know you don't take it for granted. And with that being said, it's, it just is the way it is. And yet not everybody has that. I know. You know, in their, in their world where you know that the person that you are most deeply connected to across time and space, Mm -hmm. many lifetimes, dimensions, densities, that you really have an incredible scope of experience to pull from. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of are fond of saying to each other, your dreams are my memories, (laughs) you know? Because it's true. And it's true. And the door swings the other way, which is my memories are also your dreams. Mm So, um, and and I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times when we're talking about our dreams or there's something I didn't have the same dream as Melissa, but if she's sharing something with me, it's like I can totally tap into that and I'm there. I know. And I know and, exactly what you're talking and about. And oftentimes you actually are there. Well, same. And so yeah. and the same same goes for you. I mean, if you're telling me a dream that you had, I feel like I remember it already. Right. Well, because... It's like having a deja vu. It, it's as exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And everything that he said is, is really true. He completely tapped into the feeling state that I feel with you. You do make me feel safe. You do understand how this place works, and I do not. <laughs> no, you don't. And, you know, Marilyn's always got my back. She always keeps me from getting into trouble too deep. <laughs> I don't know about keeping you out of trouble. I'm more likely to drag you into trouble. But that's all for your benefit, hunty. Getting some earth education. (laughs) Well, I guess when you're a truly mastered earth experiencer. When you've been here for (laughs) nine billion years, you learn a few things. You kind of. You got to, you got to make your own fun. Welcome to my block. (laughs) <laughs> my block over here in, this, in the Solaris solar system. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed coming along for that ride. Treb and Ardith, uh just listening to them, sharing their high-dimensional wisdom makes me happy. And uh, I I just, I, I love them. I could not love them more. No. And... That wisdom, that guidance, that information is applicable to everybody. And I know that was our intent of curating this episode Mm -hmm. of these of these various sessions, because they're they're just truly densely packed with so much guidance that you're going to glean something differently from it every time you listen to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, always the the core, the foundation is always there, but how where you're at along your path and where you're at in your life and just the practicality of the information. We are eternally grateful to our beloved friend. I know we said it at the beginning, but I want to say it again. Rob Gothier, 
who brings these beings through um, so that they can share themselves with the collective of humanity. Right. And our hearts are just full of gratitude for the work that he does. We will include the link to Rob's website if you would like to have your own session with Trevor Aradif. Uh, he still does personal sessions. Mm-hmm. So if anyone feels guided to do that, take advantage of it. It is It's amazing. worth every single penny mm-hmm. because you are going to unpack that session for years. Years. And you're just going to have a more, a, a deeper perspective of yourself. And the nature of your relationships mm-hmm. in your life. And having clarification, having... Um, having that insight and that just, it's just a higher vantage awareness that mm-hmm. it's not that we can't, it's just so much more effortless for Treb or Ardiv to be able to, to share that with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am just always grateful to be able to have that. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. The bird's eye view. We are so deeply grateful that you joined us today on this episode and allowing us to share who we truly are. That's important uh, right now to fully embody your authentic self um, in, in every way. So thank you for giving us an opportunity to really share our deepest, most inner workings and a little bit of our, just who we are in this moment and who Mm -hmm. we've been in other lifetimes. Right, across time and space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, if, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're enjoying going on these journeys with us and exploring all of these amazing concepts, we encourage you to do the three most important things you can do to help support us. And that is to subscribe and share and review. Reviews are so important to podcasts. And we're always going to be asking that if you like what you're listening to, that's the best way you can be supporting our efforts in creating this. And we also want to remind you that if you don't live in Oklahoma and you can't ever come to see us personally for a session, We do our distant Reiki rocks. You don't have to be here. It is an equally profound transformational and healing experience. You can go to our website. We have a whole section on that. And if you're interested in ever scheduling that, you can contact us through our website and we would be happy to do that. And it's really awesome. We have done this with other people across the country and the world and you know you could be next so if you're interested drop us a line (laughs) and uh, we would love to connect our amazing theme music was lovingly created by frequency jones visit our website be the light rocks.com we'll connect again wherever you are and whenever you are 
teal and jedi we keep it magnanimous we're soul traveling liberation catalyst universal consciousness we're tapping it admit human existence is miraculous flows unraveling from my abdomen the beat teal handles it like a panelist accurate on point like a javelin be passionate quit asking for fashion tips yo you gotta be a fan of this we're kinetic, we don't never keep it stagnant. Like Gandhi, our intention is immaculate. We're just trying to spread the love like pacifists. Life is a maze, but not an accident. I feel like David Bowie in the labyrinth. If the steering gets tough, don't abandon ship. Cause if it's handed to you, you can handle it. Magnanimous. The magnanimous act is noble and high-minded. The magnanimous being shows courageous spirit, lets go of their ego, and allows the brilliance of their heart and mind to truly shine. Truly shine. Truly shine. Truly shine. Truly shine. Truly shine. And I'm rapping with passion, breaking it down like fractions. My divine essence and sublime presence is rooted in the earth like psilocybin essence. Blessings, we supply it. Love is all around you. Open up your eyelids. They say you'll never know until you try it. But don't ever sell your soul because it's priceless. Yeah, yeah, we're living righteous. And I'm on that word of advice tip. If you want to feel the love, first let it go. You get back what you put out sevenfold. I flow incredible, exceptional. Be open hearted and respectable. Relax and let it flow. There's no need to always force everything. Sometimes it's good to chill back and let it be. Easy on the intensity. And don't try to be perfect. That's something you could never be. Be yourself and just live with integrity. That's a perfect recipe, sure to set you free. Hope you enjoyed the magnanimous positive energy legacy. Fino and Jedi are exiting. Exiting. Peace. Peace. I wish to express to you that in this day has been very exciting and very great co-creating with one another. And when a human consciousness sees and perceives our own interactions with him, they often perceive that we have done them a great favor, that we have uh, helped them and taught them a great deal. But what I wish to share from you is my own perspective. As I am being asked certain questions, I have the opportunity to look within your own energy in places of consciousness that myself and you have never co-created with before. By doing this, I am looking and reflecting within my own energy in places that I have not connected to before. So in that concept, we have both explored our own consciousnesses together, which helps us create a greater expansion and understanding of both one another, but ourselves as well. And in that growth, it has been a great excitement and I wish to express to you with all that being said within this evening I will leave you this evening in love and in light and we will experience each other again very soon we are disconnecting in just one moment but before disconnecting we wish to express our own excitement for this day of co-creation but also 
the co-creation in our past and in all portions of the future. It is always within our highest excitement to co-create when we do co-create, and we are grateful for that. You are loved as well as I love you. We wish to bid you adieu for this evening.